Hello, and welcome to the weekly podcast of C2 Church in Columbia, Missouri. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for um, just being here. Thank you for being in this space. Um, Together, we can be real. Together, we can be open. And together, we can mourn um, and grieve. Um, So back in March, April, um, I had to say goodbye to my grandma. Um, And growing up, I've always had fond memories with my grandma. Like many people who survived the war, she's had endless stories to tell about um, how she made her way across the ocean from China to Taiwan with her seven kids to reunite with her husband, my grandpa. And then she would tell these great stories of how um, she would raise pig farms and she was illiterate like many women at at that generation. She was illiterate, but she would do all these great things. And um, as she gets older, it's it's actually a little funny because I think as she gets older, these stories, kind of memories, kind of become the fishing, you know, the fishing story. So it becomes bigger and bigger, you know, the five hours of walking turns into 15 hours of walking and she had to hike through the mountains and she would share these stories with me and she was a woman who worked hard she really had to go through a lot so I have these fond memories of um, her braiding my hair and she's used to doing the you know hard work so she would braid my hair so hard that I felt like my head my scalp was gonna like be pulled out of <laughs> you know and those are fond memories um, so as she gets older and older, she still tells these stories, um, but she's starting to not remember a whole lot of what happened the day before or, you know, what she had for dinner or things like that. But she will always remember that she has seven kids and more than 25 grandkids. They re- she remember all our names. She remembers who's not married and should be married and who's married and should have babies and are not doing that. So she, you know, she, she just, in, in, in her life, you see very vividly um, the joy in her life. And toward the end of her, she was 94 when she passed away this year. Um, but she, one of the, among the many things that she remembers, she remembers to pray. Every day she prays. And um, as she would tell me, I'm old. I can't sleep very much, so when I'm awake, I just pray. I just keep talking to Jesus. And growing up, I've always wondered, like, Grandma, you are illiterate. You cannot read the Bible. How do you read the Bible? (laughs) How do you understand? But it's amazing to see her sit through worship services. She could not read the PowerPoint or the presentation, but she she memorized all the words. She remembers everything. She just could not read a whole lot of Bible. She could barely write her own name, but she remembers the word of the Lord just by again and again hearing it. And she will always tell me, Karis, every time I call her, she said, Karis, I'm praying for you. Don't forget about having babies, but I'm praying for you. (laughs) And she would always remind me, no matter how difficult things are, pray. Just pray. I'm praying with you. Everybody's praying with you. I'm telling everybody your difficulties. Everybody's praying with you. Um, so last, um, the week before Easter this year, I got a very casual text from my mom telling me that my grandma was in the ER, which for a 90 some year old person, it was not uncommon. She would have some, a cold and would turn into, you know, bed, 
worse infection and then pneumonia, and she would just be in the hospital for a couple of days. So keep an eye on her, give her some antibiotics, and she would be fine and sent home. So that was not uncommon for me to think, oh, well, Grandma is in the hospital. I would usually FaceTime her. She would tell me, don't worry about me. I'm doing well. Don't worry. Just pray. Just pray. You know, uh, don't forget about working hard. And um, so I thought there was one of that. The day before Good Friday, uh, my mom said, well, Grandma is not doing super well. Uh, the, the doctor actually has said, you know, gather the family members if you can and try. And then I said, well, okay, that doesn't sound very good. So I asked my mom, what should I do? And she said, you should do what Grandma probably wants you to do is to do, finish whatever you're doing, and then you can come and visit. And so... It was Easter weekend. We were gearing up to one of the biggest celebrations of the year, right? So um, I was like, okay, I will, you know, finish Easter Sunday, and then I'll, I'll hop on the plane. Um, on Good Friday morning, I got a phone call, and then my mom said Grandma had passed away. And um, it was very hard because I, I think I was, as I was familiarizing myself with the words of victory and triumph and life, we're singing songs about um, Jesus overcoming death, right? And there I was. I was, death was staring in my face. Um, I don't really remember what happened on Saturday. I vaguely remember arranging flights to be with my family and painting some Easter eggs so I wouldn't be as sad. My head keeps telling myself that I need to, you know, just... It's fine. Grandma is with Jesus. It's fine. Don't worry about it. it, it just, just rejoice. Right? And then Sunday morning came, and my heart was hurting. My heart was mourning and grieving over the death of my grandma. While in my head, I knew I should rejoice in the victory over death. Uh, the powerful overcoming of death of our Lord Jesus Christ is what we're celebrating. In my head, I knew that Easter was a time to look death right in the eyes, and mock him and say, death, oh, death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? But in my heart, I knew where death was. Death was in my family. Death was, was there. And I almost felt like death was laughing at me as I was singing and praising the songs and the words of life. And so on my way back to Taiwan, I've had about 24 hours to think and mourn and pray. I, I've, I found it very hard to keep saying I am okay and I will rejoice because grandma is with Jesus because all I can think about is I did not make it back to see my grandma. All I could think about was last summer when I saw grandma, she asked me if I would come and see her again and I got busy and I didn't. All I could think about was I just, I could have called her one more time and maybe I could talk with her more. <laughs> and all these memories um, of all these regrets of things that I wish I could have done. Um, and I didn't do. And I felt like I had betrayed my grandma. I felt like I was a terrible grandkid. So in my time of struggling, in my time of trying to figure things out, I found a person in the Bible who... Um, had exactly the same feeling as I, how I was feeling. 
um, and her name was Martha. Um, so in the book of John, chapter 11, um, it, John recorded the story of um, Martha and, and Mary and Lazarus. So Jesus was a good friend with his family of three siblings, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And perhaps they were cousins. They were, and J- Jesus was so close to them that in different places of the Bible, you see frequent visits and interactions with them. In John chapter 11, Lazarus was very ill. And his sisters, Mary and Martha, had sent word to Jesus saying, Jesus, your friend, our brother, is not doing well. And, of course, in the back of their mind, they thought Jesus would, you know, catch the next train, just come and do the great things that he would do, right? And, but Jesus did not. Jesus just kind of waited. And he waited. And then he eventually uh, went on his way to see uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. By the time Jesus um, got there, Lazarus was dead for four days. He's been dead for four days. And, again, Mary and Martha must have been wondering, why didn't you come immediately? Why did you stay in the Bible, it says he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. He intentionally just kind of hung out for two days. And so, um, and so the, and the first thing when Jesus came to the house, what Martha, the sister, how I, who I find comfort and identified with, she said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. And I saw this, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is how I feel. I know that Jesus could do whatever. There's glorious hope in Jesus. But, man, in my heart, I was like, Lord, like, why didn't you just give her a couple more days? I was planning on going home. I, two more, three more days, I would have seen her, and I, was, I would be able to say goodbye. Like, why? Right, and then, but later on, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to Jesus, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Right, Martha knew her theology. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he died, yet shall live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you're Christ and the son of God who is coming to the world. So when Jesus was asking her these questions, I bet Martha was like, yeah, of course, I know that. I know about heaven. I know about where my brother is. He's with God in the kingdom of heaven. Great place. And that's where I was. I was thinking, yes, grandma is in a good place. But that, in my mind, brought me a lot of comfort. But in my heart, I was so hurting. Martha knew Jesus. Martha was a dear friend. And, but yet, in this one interaction, Martha expressed devastation and hope at the same time. Just like how I was feeling, and maybe how many of you are feeling right now. In your head, you know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus has overcome death. But your heart grieves and your heart mourns. 
And then as the story continues to unfold, when Jesus saw that the sisters, Mary and Martha, was so sad, he wept. Jesus cried. And as I continue to read John 11, chapter 11, I found so much comfort um, in seeing how Jesus dealt with death. He grieved. He saw he saw his friend one of his greatest friend uh, and he grieved he he cried but in the same passage i also saw that jesus was invited to a place to grieve and mourn not just by himself but mary and martha and people around them they grieved together but jesus did not stop there he didn't just wept and just everybody let's be sad Jesus spoke about the hope. Jesus spoke about the hope that's represented by both Easter and now Christmas. In the midst of pain and sorrow, Jesus, in some seemingly really illogical way, he reminded us of the glorious hope. When Martha was talking about this death in this life and the resurrection in the life to come, Jesus was telling her, hey, there's hope and there's hope in me right here and right now. So I think if we look at the history, right, and I'm a nerd, so I just, I like to watch documentaries. And so if you look at the history of the Jewish people, we would know that if any people group were to know about pain and suffering, it probably would be the Jewish people. Because they've experienced war, exile, slavery, foreign rules, and for most of their history, they didn't even have their own country in their own land. They were scattered in places, they were under other people, Yet God, again and again throughout their history, spoke to them about this hope, this hope that would come in the form of a baby, a baby that we celebrate in this season, a baby who will be called the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. And, and this hope will come to us and be among us, this hope that is not it will not put us to shame, this hope that is so glorious that we can anticipate. It's so weird to think that a prince of peace is a baby. It's very weird to think about the everlasting father is a baby. But this is the image. This is the hope that the Jewish people, in their long history of suffering and pain, they cling on to that hope. They know that one day, God with us is going to be here. For many of them, they didn't even see that in their life. So like I was saying, I even when my heart was hurting, my head had the knowledge of Jesus being the overcomer of death. For many of those Jewish people, it's even harder to cling on to, those, to that knowledge at the time because they didn't, even, they didn't see Jesus. They didn't have the whole book of the Bible to tell them what had happened. They are looking forward to thousands of years of seemingly hopelessness and they're clinging on to this hope so isn't this what christmas is about about hope that comes to us and is with us about a hope that is so big yet come to us in a very personal form i feel i think the bible consistently changes the question we bring to the problem of pain when we have pain we ask why 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 we ask these backward, I call them backward-looking questions. Why did this happen? 
But instead, the Bible raises very different, forward-looking questions of what. What is at the end? What are we anticipating? What are we looking forward to? Um, I found great comfort in how Jesus dealt with death. And I also felt, found great comfort in the passage in the book of Ecclesiastes. Pastor Jeremy um, referred to this passage a little bit ago. And, and this is what it reads. Um, in the third chapter of Ecclesiastes, it says, For everything there is a reason, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What do people really get for all these, their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on us all. Yet God has made everything beautiful for his own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. And when I read this, I, I suddenly have a, had a really rare light bulb coming on in my head moment. I, I, I had realized that in the midst of pain and suffering, when we are visited by our very raw humanity in the midst of pain and suffering, we are actually a step closer to seeing the whole scope of God's work, that eternity that he has put in our heart. I think in times of death, when we are visited by death, we get a clearer picture of what eternity is like because we're this much closer to eternity we get to receive the glorious and the beautiful of hope when we are willing. So I think the fact that Jesus came to earth when he suffered and he died, it does not remove us from pain. Pain and suffer is still very real. But the fact that he came showed that God did not sit idly by and watch us suffer in isolation. He became one of us. In the story in the book of John, Jesus was like us. He experienced pain and sorrow and and tears. And in Jesus, God gave us an up-close and a very personal look of his response to our suffering and our pain. The writer of Romans, the book of Romans wrote this. He was talking about the, the faith that we have in Jesus. And he said, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so. But we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And friends, that's Christmas. The hope that has been given to us. So may I invite you today to invite Jesus into your mourning and your pain. 
Will you make space for his presence this Christmas season? Maybe what you need is the initial invitation of asking him to come into those hurting places. And that's hard. It's hard to say, yes, Lord, I am hurting. Will you come? Maybe you are a little farther along in the journey of grieving. Maybe what you need is to invite him to come and just to sit with you for a while. And just to sit and be. Maybe what you need is to invite him to renew the hope and the joy in your heart. And maybe what you need is to invite him to give you the strength to share the joy of overcoming grief with those who, are in, who needed it. I know that many people have encouraged me as I continue to heal, continue to sit in the place. I know my next visit to my family would be hard. I remember after my grandma's funeral one day, I was just sitting with my mom. We're eating, talking about, I don't even know what, not funeral-related things, probably about my dog because I talk about that a lot. So we're just talking about random things. And my mom was eating, and suddenly she got up, and she just started crying. And I was like, oh, I am not sure what's happening right now, and I don't know what to do. And my mom said, I actually just need a few moments with the Lord. So I'm, I'm just going to cry. Is that okay? And I look around like we're in the middle of a restaurant. Like, But my mom was crying, so I said, okay. And so she started crying, and then I started seeing her cry, and I started crying. And then very soon we were both crying. But there's something very redemptive about just sitting and crying. <laughs> so we cried. And then we started talking about, yeah, I remember that time grandma did this. Remember this time. My mom said, I think grandma would have been so proud of us. And I said, yeah, I think so. I think grandma will be proud of me. I will be proud of you. And we affirm each other in that place. So... Would you, would you take a moment to reflect? Maybe it is to think about those beautiful memories that you have created. Maybe it is just to think about how you have seen Jesus in this place of mourning. May I invite you and bless you to experience that rich love of Jesus Christ of this season. So in a moment, we'll watch a video a music video, and have a moment of reflection. Will you say yes with me to the hope that does not put us to shame? Will you say yes to the hope that does not disappoint and the redemption of Jesus Christ as we spend a few moments in reflection? Hey, we're so glad you listened in. If you made a decision to follow Christ today or would like more information, please email us at nextsteps at c2church.com or visit us at c2church.com.